I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. And in today's episode of The Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about six degrees of Kevin Bacon, how to become the trusted advisor to your clients, and how to get prospects to your intimate client events. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 18 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. Uh, Stephen just joined us from St. Pete. so I'm back. Uh, yeah, Can glad to have my, you back. Do I have a tan? That you, wasn't that warm down there, You actually. really don't have much of a tan no, at all. Not this time of year, my friend. It's freezing rain <laughs> outside as we speak. So. Yeah, we're actually in the middle of a storm right now. You might be able to hear it in the, in the studio. So We're troopers. Even here in North Carolina, we made it in with one inch of snow on the ground. So That's a big deal That's for us. That's a big deal around here. It's a big here. deal. All the schools are shut down. So, so today, Kevin, I know we have on the lineup six degrees of separation, a la Mr. Kevin Bacon. Yep. And the reason we're talking about that is we read an interesting article. This is actually from Facebook research that finds that um, it's actually now, it's not six degrees of separation anymore. It's actually three and a half degrees of separation. 3.46 to be exact. 3.46. And this was a very scientific look at, which is a really complex social network, that of Facebook. Yep. And they were basically able to find out that. On average, you're 3.46 degrees separated from pretty much anybody within Facebook. Yeah. Each person in the world, at at least among the 1.59 billion people active on Facebook, is connected to another person by an average of three and a half people. Which is pretty interesting. Plus, this site is pretty cool. It'll tell you how specifically well-connected you are on Facebook. Yeah, what was your number, Kevin, in fact, is at uh, 3.37 degrees of separation. I am at 3.37. Five eight. So that means I'm a little more connected than you. You're a little bit more uh, Facebook promiscuous. <laughs> I have more friends on Facebook. Yeah, but that, that has an impact, right? right. So uh, you know, in terms of being able to get introductions through contacts you find on Facebook, you've got a wider network. Now, how many of those old high school friends are you still in contact with? Uh, very little, actually. I think I'll, like, I have some like Facebook cleaning up to do. Um, th- this concept, uh, you know, six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon, that um, that saying, it got me really curious. So I did some research on that. If you want me to enlighten you, on, please. On, so. This came about in January of 1994, Premier Magazine interviewed um, uh, Kevin Bacon for the film The River Wild. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie? I do. Okay. Um, and he commented that he had worked with everybody in Hollywood or, or he knew someone who worked with them. So then on April 7th, 1994, a lengthy news group thread headed, Kevin Bacon is the center of the universe appeared. Mm-hmm. And then this game was actually created by three Albright College students where they started to try and connect, you know, how many people connect me to Kevin Bacon and it just turned into this thing and it turned into kind of like a a bar room kind of a game kind of thing and then the saying just kind of stuck around so it all kind of spurred from Kevin Bacon making that comment about how um, you know he could connected to anyone in Hollywood and he's worked with everyone and then people just started using him as the example of how you reach people yeah I, but I think the the article is is pertinent about how the degrees of separation have decreased with the advent of social media. Yeah. And that's really interesting to think about the f- fact that, you know, call it 20 years ago, if I wanted to meet someone in the community that I wanted to do some business with, I wouldn't really have, uh, I certainly wouldn't have what I have available now, which is an outline of everybody that I know that could connect me to that person. I've got ways either through dropping names or through uh, being introduced from someone I know to meet just about anybody you want to meet. I mean, that's just in, in your local area. Hey, Joseph. Welcome back. Uh, 
so, and someone just walked into the studio, kind of it threw me off a little bit. Uh, threw you you off know, a surprise. Little? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but you know, you're you're more easily connected to people in your network than you ever have been before, and we got to harness that. So social media is a big part of you being able to identify specific prospects and get in front of them. Yeah, uh, de- definitely. So it's just interesting stuff. Uh, if you ever was cur- were curious about the uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon or this new Facebook research, um, you can what? you can uh, look it up. What's your favorite Kevin Bacon movie, Kevin? Gosh, I don't even know. I'm not really like a Kevin Bacon fan. I'm not either. I'll tell you what I was thinking about earlier today when I knew you were going to mention Kevin Bacon was the movie Tremors. You remember that movie? Is that the thing where there's like things in the sand the that are like, that oh my gosh, that's what a, a terrible movie. movie. It's one of those that I liked as a kid, but now watching it, it would be terrible. Do you, do you think it was like so bad that it was good? I, I'm sure. I want to watch it again. Mm. So i uh, got a few good questions coming up today. Uh, let's start off with a question from at plan for comfort and he says, how do I become a trusted advisor with an affluent client who already has trusted advisor number one and trusted advisor number two? What I'm thinking of that he's asking with this question is maybe he, um, his client has, has two advisors, himself and someone else. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. You're thinking three advisors, himself and or two? Yeah, that is funny. That's how I interpreted it at first is that he's got uh, a prospect um, that has two other advisors and how do you position yourself? Um, no so, matter how you slice it, though, it's essentially the same question. How do you get seen by a client or a prospect as the person who's who should be entrusted uh, as the coordinator, as the quarterback of, of all the relationships? How do you differentiate yourself? Right. I mean, really, I guess that's what it is. Like, how are you, how are you different? How are you the one that they should be consolidating everything with? And you never know. The other advisor could be a fantastic and enlightened advisor, and they could be very good in their own right and handling every aspect of this client's finances. In which case, yeah, good luck. It's going to be tough to, to pry that away. Mm-hmm. But the vast in the vast majority of cases, you've got advisors who are providing very simple investment management for that client. Right. Uh, they're not the enlightened advisor that we know most of you are in watching a series like this. You're, uh, you know, so part of what you're trying to do is showcase by example. If it's in your situation, Kevin, where you're saying it's him and another advisor working with this mutual client, uh, you're trying to showcase through example that you're coordinating the outside experts for them. Mm-hmm. You're taking an interest in helping them plan for college or plan for retirement, as it may be. You're taking an interest in other family members and, and seeing how you're able to help uh, manage the, the family's wealth. Uh, just all the, the little things that are showcasing that you're, you're the one really taking the lead role. And, and you're, just, you're doing it. You're doing it more assumptively, mm-hmm. I guess, right? Um, I, I like that. I think you're having conversations with them about their other advisor and what they're working on and saying, hey, is your adv- advisor talking to you about long-term care? Is your other advisor talking to you about you know, key man insurance? Is your other advisor talking to you about whatever it is, and you're basically planning, I think you're creating a little bit of dissatisfaction and showing them that you're, you're broadening it there. Yeah. And there's so many things that we can't peel back because we don't know the background of the call. I mean, is this an advisor they took on after they had started uh, working with you? Is this an advisor that you've already poached some assets from? Uh, I mean, a lot involved there. There there is one key piece of language. If this is in in the, let's say in this case that you are, uh, you have one piece of of their um, financial pie, you could say, and the other advisor has another piece and you want everything consolidated with you. One of our favorite things that we like to coach to, um, this came from one of our coaches, Greg Blackwell, is the kids in the backyard analogy. Have I ever shared this with you? Mm -mm. Kids in the backyard analogy. I actually, I, I have it typed out because... I couldn't remember all of it off the top of my head, uh, but it's something like this. If you were the client, I'd say, you know, Stephen, you know, managing your financial progress towards your goals is like asking me to watch your children. I can only do that if the kids are in my backyard, if your assets are here. That way I can eliminate overlap of securities, which will lower your portfolio volatility and risk and do a better job of helping you reach your goals. If the kids are playing at other houses in the neighborhood, 
I can't be certain you're on track to pay for college or maintain your lifestyle in retirement. And I like that comparison just because it makes sense, mm-hmm. right? If your kids are all around town or with this other advisor, how can I be sure that you're on track with your financial plan? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's great language, whether you're working with a prospect who's got assets at a number of different institutions or whether you're working with a current client who's got assets elsewhere. Uh, I think that's a great analogy. Kids in the backyard. Um, by the way, before we go to the next question, subscribe. There's a button over here. You should subscribe to it. That's my plug. I like it. <laughs> so uh, here's the next question, Kevin. It's from FABG1992. I always wonder when I see those numbers in there, is that... Uh, I bet it's his, I bet his birthday. I bet this we're dealing with a millennial here. I mean, he asked it via Instagram, so... Yep. Or the year he graduated college, and that would be oh. 18 years, or 22 yeah. years difference. So he says, anyway, how can we get our clients to bring referrals to our social event? Um, great question. Yeah, I'm going to let you go, go first on this one, Stephen. Well, I think that's the big challenge for events. Many of you have hosted, uh, whether it's an economic update event, or you've hosted uh, a fun event like a wine tasting or backyard picnic or what have you. Um, they're a lot of fun, but uh, many advisors get frustrated when their clients aren't bringing guests. The mm-hmm. big thing for us is... What are, what are you doing in the invitation process to encourage them to bring guests? Yeah. Are if you, you're like a lot of folks, it's coming out what, by, via email or by letter. Yeah, you're sending you know? out like a wedding-style invitation saying, hey, hey, bring a guest, and then they don't bring a guest. Or they bring someone that you don't want to work with anyway. Or perhaps you're hosting an event that's kind of boring, right? Mm, if you're calling me and saying, hey, my advisor's got this event going on, an economic update at, uh, at Morton's, would you like to come along? What are you thinking? Well, no thanks. I'm thinking it's a pitch. I think I'm <laughs> right. walking into the lion's den. That's right. Um, but that's just that's my own personality. I mean, but part of it is, uh, you know, 28 percent, if I remember correctly, of the 28 percent of the affluent prefer educational events. So that mm-hmm. may be interesting to some. So you got to know your client. But uh, part of it is you want to have an event that is interesting and guest worthy. Guest worthy is the key. And you want to have an invite process that stresses the specific person you'd like them to bring. And that comes down to what we call sourcing names. So what we want to do here is um, when I'm calling Stephen up, my good client, and I'm inviting him, I know him well enough that I can say, Stephen, by the way, your neighbor, Dan, I know you ran that uh, marathon with him over the, the weekend, which Stephen did, right? Uh, was it a mar- It was a relay marathon. A relay. Yeah, but still very impressive. Uh, and uh, I'd say, hey, you know, I, I want to meet Dan. Do you think he'd, he'd want to come to this event? So I'm pinpointing specific people. I'm ma- making that a conversation that I'm having with you. It's going to make all the difference in the world in terms of getting people to bring someone. Because even if Stephen doesn't bring Dan, I set the precedence that I'm serious about him bringing someone. Yeah, and someone other than uh, son or daughter or yeah, someone other than exactly. my spouse. I mean, someone that's uh, that's new and interesting uh, for Kevin, the advisor. Yep. So. Uh, a related question, Kevin, I, I got from uh, a workshop last week. And this was from a participant who might have been wired a little bit negatively, right? <laughs> I mean, hey, let's face I, it. I feel like you're being very PC about how uh, you're saying Well, that. you know, maybe wired a little negative, right? Yeah. But the question was... We get on the topic of intimate events. There's a lot of excitement in the room about the topic, and you've got one person who says, basically, I feel like I'm twisting arms when I'm inviting people to my events. They, I feel like they don't really want to come, but they know it means a lot to my business, so they appease me. And do I really – am I using my whiny voice in doing this? Yeah, you are. Am I really yep. – you know, uh, <laughs> am I doing this with my clients in mind or for my own selfish reasons of trying to get new business? Well, it should be a little bit of both, right? Yeah. But uh, but I thought that I'd never heard that comment before. But I thought it was interesting. Like like basically, he or she is going through all this trouble of just getting people to come because she's having or was it male female doesn't matter doesn't matter Kevin. doesn't matter doesn't matter right but um, but they're you know having a hard time getting people to come in general so 
I'm thinking my, my first thought is, do you socialize with your clients at all? I mean, do they like you as a person outside of what you do for them professionally? Because if they don't, you're saying they just don't enjoy this person because they I mean, happen I think, to be a whiner. Right? I mean, well, no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that maybe it's it's uh, you know you you haven't done things socially with them, and then all of a sudden you're inviting them to the social event, and they're thinking, oh, it's going to be kind of awkward. Do I really have to go? Maybe they're coming out of obligation, and they just aren't having a great time at them. Yeah, and somebody and some people go through this kind of robotically, where they're like, you know what, I think would be interesting is X Y Z event, and I'm going to invite everybody to that. My top clients, where you should be thinking about it. Um, I don't know, next level in that regard to be thinking, okay, which of my clients do I think would prefer an educational event? Which of my clients do I think actually might enjoy drinking wine? I don't, in, I don't uh, bring out my light beer drinkers or those who are 15 years sober to my wine <laughs> event, right? I mean, this is, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes it's more about thinking about what would this person like to attend? I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to believe that if you're, in, if, you're calling, um, you know, if you're calling a client who's into baseball, and you're asking them to attend. You got a box rented out, and you're saying, "Hey, come out. We got a box for this minor league game. We think it's going to be a lot of fun. Here's the theme for that night. You know, we're getting a few clients together. They're not going to be. You're not twisting arms. They like baseball. They're yeah. going to want to come. Uh, I think that's a good point. I think what you're talking about is going back to your events being guest worthy too. I mean, are they interesting, intriguing enough for people to want to come rather than just a boring dinner? What about? Uh, I don't know where that person lives, but. You know, is it easy for them to get their clients to come to these events? Is there, are they hitting like rush hour traffic and they're thinking, I'm not doing that, right? I mean, you need to make the event at a very convenient time for them. And that might be taking uh, the time to get some input from clients in terms of when's the most convenient time. If I'm going to hold a wine tasting, what would a Thursday night, would that be best for you? Or are you thinking more of a Saturday night? And start actually getting feedback from clients before you start planning these events. Yeah, and if you can't figure it out to where it's going to be, fun to come to yeah or that you can't figure it out to where it's going to be convenient for them that's right or if you can't uh do this without pitching everybody at the end yeah you should stop doing events yeah but otherwise stick with it we don't talk about events because we just like talking about events we happen to see it being a very viable way to bring in new business for financial advisors and maybe you just need to be more fun yeah maybe you need to stop being a whiner (laughs) and just have a little bit of fun and clients will want to have fun with you so uh, that's our pitch. Hey, if you haven't looked at it yet, we've got a whole slew of webinar series coming up. Lots we're of interesting about. webinars. Uh, LinkedIn, we've got Facebook, we've got Art of Selling to the Affluent. Referral uh, alliances. You know, we understand you like convenience as well. You like to access content right there from the, the, your, the office. Your, your segue was just beautiful. There. That was <laughs> yeah. a great segue. Uh, you know, and sometimes it's not convenient for you to come out to Charlotte, which we're having a, our next event, or to San Diego or wherever we do these things. Um, you know, it's nice to be able to do it from home. So take a look at it. If it's not appropriate for you. Maybe it is for a team member. And again, uh, thanks for asking the questions. We're, we're fortunate to have uh, some great questions lined up for some upcoming episodes. Again, on Twitter or Instagram, hashtag Ask Stephen and Kevin. And uh, if it's a good question, we'll feature it on the show. Yeah. And, uh, and as I've been warned, we will not mock your question anymore. We will answer your question very oh, straightforward. Of course not. Of and, uh, course not. Hey, again, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone.